welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Mark chapter 5. We're going to start off, and this is uh, Jesus healing the demon-possessed man. Says in verse number 1. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. And this is just after they have got on the boat and crossed the lake in the middle of the night. And the storm came up and Jesus was snoozing in the boat. And all the disciples were afraid, thinking they were going to die and um, get capsized and sink. And Jesus was asleep. And they woke Jesus up and they said, aren't you afraid we're going to die? And Jesus said, what's your problem? And he stands up and he tells the wind and the waves to, he says, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves stop. And the disciples say, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? And then they land on shore. And that's where we pick up. And it says they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat, A man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. This guy was living in the cemetery. Came out of the cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one, everybody say no one. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Hey, I want to tell you right off the bat, this isn't even a note or a thought or a point that I'm trying to make, but the Spirit of God is saying right here, when no one is strong enough, Jesus is strong enough. When no one can stop you, when no one is is trying to do something, no one can help you, Jesus can help you. Jesus is greater. Jesus is stronger. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Jesus is there with you. It says no one was strong enough to subdue him him day and night he wandered among the burial caves in the hills howling and cutting himself with sharp stones I want to tell you something about this man first of all he was naked this guy was naked if if you look in Matthew's account or I'm sorry Luke's account Luke tells you this guy was naked running around in the cemetery at nighttime screaming and howling that's a scary picture isn't it Remember, you got to put yourself in these, when you're reading the Bible, put yourself in that spot for a minute. This man was demon-possessed, screaming and howling, running through a cemetery naked. Yes, you would be afraid. Don't sit there looking like, what's the problem? I don't see what the problem, the big deal of that is. This is, the, the police would be called if this was happening. Wouldn't they, Robin? Wouldn't someone call the police if this was happening? Sure they would. Of course they would. What's interesting about this story is there's two kinds of torments and oppression taking place. The first one is demonic oppression. You see right off the bat, this man was demon-possessed. Jesus gets on shore, and the Bible says this man with an evil spirit, demonic possession, was running around naked, screaming and howling. This guy was under demonic torment. Then you also see that people were oppressing this man. They would come out, and they would find him, and they would chain him up, and they would shackle him up, and they would try and keep him tied up somewhere. People were coming along trying to stop this guy and keep him away from everybody else. I want to tell you there's two kinds of torment that can happen in your life. The first can be demonic activity. The first can be the enemy coming to you, bringing lies and bringing thoughts and bringing fear. 
and bringing worry and bringing doubts to you. The second can be lies that the enemy has other people speak to you to try and find a home in your heart. And often the two work together. Often the enemy will use someone to come and say something to you, to come and pinprick you, to bring, bring um, devastation to you, and they'll say just the right thing. And then when they say that to you, then what happens? Then the enemy comes and says, yeah, that person is true. And you begin to think on these thoughts. And you begin to dwell on these thoughts. And these thoughts get inside you. And they begin to wrap themselves around you. They begin to chain you up. And before you know it, five years has gone by. Ten years has gone by. Twenty years has gone by. By the time you know it, the end of your life has gone by. And you're still walking around chained and shackled and broken and bound from the lies of the enemy that were spoken over you years ago. When I was thinking about this account, you know, so often when we read this, so often when we think about this, we think that this was just a possessed guy and that was his own personal problem. That was what he was dealing with. That was his struggle. But the Spirit of God began to spoke to me. And Jaden, can you come up here? And, and bring that little chair over there. I want, I want to show you something. We don't often do object lessons, but tonight we're going to do an object lesson. Because I believe the Spirit of God wants to illustrate something for some of us so that we see maybe what we look like in the Spirit. And Jacob, can you come up here and help me actually as well? That way I can just keep talking and you can be my hands. Jaden is going to represent us for a minute. Jaden is you. Jaden is me. Jaden is all of us. Going through life and everything is great and swell. But as life goes and as normal things happen to you, we begin to bump up against other people. We begin to bump up against other circumstances. We begin to have hurts and wounds and pains. And Jacob, grab that duct tape and the Sharpie. And um, you don't need the scissors yet. No scissors, just duct tape and Sharpie. And Jacob, I want you to write the word rejection on some duct tape, and I want you to slap it across, not slap it, very gently put it on, on Jaden's, over his heart. And we're going to take our time with this because it's important. I, this isn't just something that I came up with and thought, you know what, this is going to be really cool and clever, and it's going to hammer my point home that Jesus wants to... This was something the Lord dropped in my heart. And I'll tell you, I don't know how the Lord speaks to you, and I don't know how you know when the Lord talks to you, but I've told you before when the Lord talks to me, he talks to me in complete thoughts, whereas my thought process is very linear and step-by-step. Step. I get step A, then I get step B, then I think through it, and then I get to step C. But when the Lord talks to me, when the Lord shows me things, it's a complete thought. A to Z is already there. So we've got rejection. And... Uh, is it legible-ish? Let's, yeah, okay, great. Just put it on his chest there. And, and somebody came along and said something to Jaden and, and rejected him and hurt him. Well, that's not too bad. That's, that's only like one layer of hurt. But what if we add some more layers there, Jacob? Just put some more rejection on top of Jaden. Just put it on his heart. It doesn't have to be perfect. Even you could just like, you know what? We just like slap it on there. You don't have to write it because we already said rejection. We're going to put some more things on there. We'll just put another one on. Somebody else comes along and Jaden has good intention. He has a good plan. He has a good purpose. And then, yeah, 
Put some rejection on them. Put some more rejection on them. Put some more rejection on them. Something else happens. Jaden's going through life, and, and he puts himself out there, and he says, hey, I want to help you do this, or I want to do this in life, or I want to be this person. And what happens? More rejection. Just slap it on there. Put some more over his heart. Put some more over his heart. Okay, put some more on his heart. Something else happens. He has a girlfriend. The girlfriend, Stacy, breaks up with him. Jaden has an imaginary girlfriend named Stacy that they just ended their relationship with last week. If you need to talk some more about. Now, Jaden's got a bunch of layers of scars and wounds and hurts on him now, doesn't he? I want you to remember that Jaden is you. Jaden is me. Jaden's all of us. What about fear, a spirit of fear? You know, fear is constrictive. Fear wraps itself around you. So, Jacob, can you take some duct tape and just begin to wrap it around Jaden? And this fear comes, and it begins to wrap itself around us. I mean, let him breathe. Let him breathe. Let him breathe. Can you breathe, Jaden? Fear comes and begins to wrap itself around us. And write fear on it, Jacob. And it restricts us and it holds us down. And it makes it hard to move. Jaden, lift your hands up and praise the Lord. It's kind of hard, isn't it? What about shame? What about shame? Why don't you put piece of tape over Jaden's mouth very gently because what does shame do it silences you destroys your courage Jaden praise the Lord say something I can't hear you are you praising the Lord write shame on his mouth not on his mouth, but on the duct tape. It's okay. Hmm. We've got fear wrapping us up, holding us constricted. We got rejection and layer after layer after layer of rejection over our heart, making us hard and calloused. We've got shame silencing our voice. There's all kinds of things. What about lies people tell you? You're dumb. Why don't you put a dummy on there? Just put dummy somewhere on there. Put it, put it on a, make a little small one. Put it, no, no, like, don't write on him, on the Sharpie, on the, yeah, duct tape. Put it on his forehead. Because those words get lodged in our brain, don't they? They begin to affect how you see yourself and how you think about yourself. 
How about the lie that you're not good enough? How about the lie that you're worthless? How about the lie that you were never supposed to be here, you were an accident? How about the lie that I don't love you? How about the lie that you're not worthy? You're not worth it. You're too much work. You're too much. I can't handle you. I don't like you. I don't want to be. What about the lie that was spoken to you? And it comes right here. And it finds a home in your thoughts and it begins to affect the way you see yourself, the way you think about yourself. The way that when the Spirit of God begins to speak to you, you, even if you're not careful, begin to filter His words through these lies. Did you hear me? We begin to place trust in these lies more than the voice of our Lord because we carry these things around with us for so long they become part of who we are. What about addictions? You know what addictions do? Wrap his legs up. Addictions stop you in your tracks. They stop you from moving forward because of the guilt and the shame and the cycle. You begin to feel guilty. You begin to feel ashamed. You can't move forward anymore because the guilt and the shame and the addiction, the guilt, the shame and the addiction, you begin this cycle that repeats itself. And what does it do? It stops you dead in your tracks where you can't move forward. Jaden, would you please stand up and praise the Lord? Oh, you can't. Because you're bound up in lies from the enemy. See, when we read Mark chapter 5, we just think about that was a possessed man and that was his issues and his problems. But the Spirit of God wants to say there's some of us in life as believers who continue to try to go through life bound up, chained up with the lies of the enemy and the lies of people that have been spoken over us all around us like they become part of us, like a barnacle growing on a boat. They become part of you. And then what happens is it hinders you and it stops you and you begin to try and pray. Lift your hands up and just praise the Lord. What happens? You can't. Your hands are stuck at the side because you're filtering everything through these lies of the enemy. Why don't you just sit down there for a minute and you stay here for a minute. We're going to go back and look at the word of God. Hold your place in Mark and go with me to the book of First John. First John chapter 3, verse 8. And it says this. It's in the middle of a thought. John is talking. And in the middle of that thought, he says, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? To destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means to loosen, to break, dissolve, loose, or put off. Or here's one that I really like, melt. The Son of God came to destroy the works. The Son of God came to melt the work 
of the enemy in your life, to destroy it. You know, that word destroy is the Greek word luo, L-U-O, and it actually means to destroy as in demolish a building. You know, in Chilliwack, there's a Sears building in the Cottonwood Mall. Who knows the Cottonwood Mall in Chilliwack? Yeah, they have had a Sears store there for years that has been empty since Sears closed down however long ago it was. And they have recently come in, and Canadian Tire, for whatever reason, is putting the second largest Canadian Tire in Canada in Chilliwack. Apparently, people from Chilliwack love Canadian Tire. Anyways, my point is, Rick says, yes, Canadian Tire. My point is, is recently they have come along and completely demolished what was Sears to make way for something new. See, I just thought, when I read the newspaper and I heard the story, I just thought they were going to renovate. They were just going to use the existing building and just go in and, as you would, renovate things and make it look nice and make it your store and then move on. But they came in and said, no, 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 that's not good enough. We need to destroy this building because we want to get rid of what was and make something new and what is. And so they came in and completely obliterated what was Sears. They are down to the dirt. They've scratched every remnant of Sears away. And all that is left now is this big hunk of dirt where they're beginning to prepare to build the new Canadian tire. That's what the word destroy means. In this Greek word, luel, that's what it means, to destroy, to get rid of. The Son of God came into your life, into the world, to destroy the works of the enemy. Let's go back to Mark. And let's finish this story. Verse 6 says, when Jesus was still some distance away, The man saw him, the possessed man, ran to meet him and bowed before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirit begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave him permission, and the evil spirit came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The Son of Man came to destroy the works of the enemy in your life. This man, we're going to look at three things in this next few verses real quick here, and we're going to move on because we're going to take communion, and then we're going to shred some things. But there's three things that we looked at. The Son of Man came to destroy the works of the enemy in your life. And I know that if you are alive right here and right now or have ever been alive, the enemy is trying to work in your life. The enemy is trying to bring death and destruction and steal things from you. That's his entire purpose. That's why he gets up in the morning if he gets up. That's what he's after, to steal from you, to kill from you, and to destroy So if you're alive right now, the enemy is trying to do things to stop you from moving ahead and who God has called you to be. But good news for you and me, the Son of Man came to destroy those works. So it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. The Son of God, the name of Jesus, is greater than all those works. Amen? 
And so the crazy man, the possessed man, ran to Jesus, and Jesus sees him and tells him to get out. He's got to go. These spirits can't stay. They're not allowed to stay. He destroys the work. And this is what it looks like. Jacob, come on up and do this. I want you to begin to remove these lies in, that are on Jaden. So very carefully cut this or peel it away and take it off his mouth and his head because I want you to see this because this is what the Lord is saying to some of you tonight. I am removing the lies from your life. I am breaking the things that have held you bound. The lies that are in your mind that someone has spoken are gone. The things that have held you silent are no more. The things that have held you shackled and bound and in place are gone because I have destroyed the works of the enemy. Amen? Come on, let's get those legs off. And Jaden, stand up and praise the Lord for what he's done in your life. Because when the chains are gone, just like the man who couldn't walk, and Jesus showed up and says, get up, what does the man do? The Bible says he gets up and begins to rejoice and praise the Lord. Lift those hands, Jaden, and say, thank you, Jesus, for working in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. You're safe. Good job, Jaden. It's simple, but it's important. It's important to see yourself in the Word of God. It's important to see that what Jesus did for somebody else, he'll do for you. We tend to brush off. We tend to brush off some things, don't we? Oh, I'm just, it's fear, it's okay. So, so what, I'm a little bit afraid. No. No, it's a spirit of fear. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. You don't have to be afraid. In fact, the Bible says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but I gave you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's important to know and to remember. See, if we saw somebody walk in here who was possessed... We'd say, whoo, Lord, that person needs Jesus. We would all agree on that. But when we walk in here and we're dealing with anxiety or we're dealing with fear or we're dealing with shame or we're dealing with addictions or we're dealing with hatred or angry or envy or all these things that are inside of us, we hide them and they're our own little secret wars. They're our own little secret things. But God doesn't want you to walk in those things any more than a person who is possessed by the enemy, does he? He wants you set free from the works of the enemy, whatever that work is. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. So we see right here in this verse that Jesus came and destroyed the works of the enemy in this man's life. And I want to tell you tonight, I want to look you square in the eyes and say this to you. Whatever works the enemy is trying to work in your life, Jesus destroyed on the cross. I don't know what you're dealing with. Only you do. But whatever it is, whatever's hiding in there, Jesus came to destroy those works. 
and you don't have to walk in shame and addiction and hurt and lies and wounds any longer because you've been set free by the blood of Jesus. The second thing we see here says, all those pigs ran off and they jumped in the cliff. Man, I'd love to see that. I can't wait to get to heaven and understand some things. But could you imagine a herd of crazy possessed pigs running down a hill? That'd be a sight to see. And they just like jump off the cliff. Could you imagine the disciples? Could you imagine the disciples standing there watching that? And like, well, that's new. That's new. <laughs> Haven't seen that one before. Yeah, man, like what would that look like? Just 2,000 pigs jumping off a cliff, squealing the whole way down. <laughs> Too bad we don't eat bacon. That's what the disciples said. <laughs> the herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. Of course they did. People rushed out to see what had happened, and a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. And the Bible says two things that is very important. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. Say fully clothed, perfectly sane. Fully clothed, perfectly sane. See, after Jesus destroyed the works of the enemy, he didn't just leave that guy and leave him where he was at. He brought transformation to that guy's life. The Bible starts off at the beginning of Mark here, and we know from Luke's account, that dude was naked. Naked as a jaybird. But suddenly after Jesus shows up and works in his life, Jesus brings transformation, and now here he is after Jesus has worked, and he has been transformed. He was naked, and now he's fully clothed. And the Bible says, what? Perfectly sane. Jesus restores. Whatever you've got going on in your heart, in your mind, in your life, in your relationships, in your emotions, Jesus restores. The Bible says at the beginning of this account, the guy was crazy, screaming and howling constantly. And after an encounter with Jesus, this man was restored, perfectly sane. And I love, personally, we're not going to look at this verse because we're going to finish right here and we're going to move on and do some other things. But I love how this story ends with the man sitting there, and he wants to go with Jesus. He's got his clothes on, and he's in his right mind. He has been set free by Jesus. And he is just so excited, and he is just so grateful and thankful that he just wants to follow Jesus everywhere. Side note, side thought, as I'm standing here right now, when is the last time that you were so thankful for a work that Jesus did in your life that you thought about him all the time, that you wanted to be with him everywhere he went, that you wanted to spend your time absorbed and thinking and surrounded by Jesus in your life? This man was transformed. And he finds himself, and he gets, Jesus sets him free, and he gets some clothes on, and he, his mind is working the way that it's supposed to work. And he wants to go with Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you stay here and go tell all your friends and family about me. That's the way Jesus works. He brings transformation. He brings restoration. He destroys the works of the enemy. I tell you what, Satan don't stand a chance against Jesus. 
In fact, it's a done deal. When Jesus went to the cross, it's already a done deal. And if we could just, man, I don't know, if we could just truly grasp and understand and fully embrace the reality of the work of the cross, we wouldn't walk around defeated and carrying all these things that have wrapped us up and allowed them to become part of our life. We would walk in freedom. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.